Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to a following on special. Two big interviews to bring you today, fresh from airing on Talk Sport. As with questions surrounding whether the Ashes will go ahead this winter, we have the clearest indication yet. Joss Butler coming up. And as Claire Connor begins her first day in the job of MCC president, just what items are first on her to-do list? Kick back, find out shortly. You're listening to Following On. Well, welcome to the show. I'm John Norman. But let's get started with an exclusive interview with England's Joss Butler. Much hope resting on his shoulders in the absence of Ben Stokes. And the day before he flies out to the UAE for the World T20, Butler was at an event in central London where Talk Sports' Sam Ellard caught up with him. Story of the day. Joss Butler, hi. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. It feels like... I haven't seen in a long time. It feels like during lockdown, my life was basically work on the talk for breakfast show in the morning, put on the cricket in the afternoon, and kind of see you on my TV every single day. So I've got to be honest with you, I'm missing you. That's <laughs> nice. I wish more people missed me. Has it been nice, though, not playing cricket? Is it nice just to get away for, for a couple of weeks? Yeah, I've always enjoyed the, the balance of, of cricket. I think um, you know, when you're playing at the international cricket, all the pressures of it, um, at certain times it's nice to get a break and refresh. And, and you know, we've got lots of exciting cricket coming up with the T20 World Cup just on the horizon. Um, so, yeah, re- feeling refreshed and, and motivated and excited for that. When you have some time off, how does Josh Butler like to relax? Well, quite busy at the minute with, with two children. One's three weeks old and the other one's two and a half. So um, they're keeping me very busy. You going to see the new James Bond film? I've seen it. It came out, is it out today. The premiere was Thursday. Out. Premiere was last yeah. night, wasn't it? So I've seen some, some good reviews yeah. and um, this is last one. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a watch. Do you think he's the best Bond ever? Uh, um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say yes. Yeah, best one yeah I like him. Yeah. Um, now the casting a new James Bond, who do you think in the England cricket team would make the best James Bond? And then who would make the best villain in the England cricket team as, as, as James Bond's villain? Best James Bond, Moeen Ali. Why? Just because he's got that bit of wit, 
Um, I think you could really dress him up. I think you could make him look quite pure um, with the beard and, and um, smooth talking. So I think you could really dress him up. Uh, in terms of a villain, I'm going to say Johnny Bairstow. Why Johnny? I think he'd play a great villain. I think he'd relish the role. Mm. Um, I think he, you could, again, as with Mo, you could, you could make Johnny look quite threatening and intimidating as a villain. So, um, yeah, I think he'd be good. I'll be honest, I could see you, though, coming out the pool, whipping your hair up, whipping your hair over, coming out with that action shot. I think you'd make a really oh, good one. Yeah, 100%. Oh, right. You look a bit like Daniel Craig, actually. God, no, Do you think? Is, I don't know what you've had for breakfast. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no I don't look anything like him. Okay, fair enough. Um, Josh, we're at Six Years Cricket Club today. Just tell us a little bit about why we're here and what you've been doing today. Yeah, so here at the Six Years Cricket Club with, with Booking.com. Um, so we're going to be their ambassador for the T20 World Cup. So really excited about that partnership. Um, been getting my iron in the nets. It's a bit trickier than, mm. than I thought it was going to be. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been going up against a few guys in the media and uh, seeing if they can beat my over. Mm-hmm. How did you get on? I got 18, um, which... I'm not too disappointed with and uh, I thought it was quite hard, so I'll, I'll take that. Um, I imagine, you seem quite a relaxed person, don't you, Joss? But I imagine that one thing that might irritate you in life at the moment is when people ask you about the Ashes, right? And I kind of have to ask you one question about the Ashes. When I told my boss that I was interviewing Joss Butler today, he said, come on, Sam, get me an exclusive. Find out what's happening with the Ashes series. Is there anything you can tell me? Anything that we don't know already that the TalkSport listeners might want to know? Is it happening? Are you going? Are we quarantining? Are family going to be there? Yeah, I think, yeah, waiting for all those answers. So I'm sure it will go ahead. Um, no, fingers crossed it will go ahead in, in the best circumstances possible and, and families will be able to go and um, etc. We're just waiting for, for all that information. It's tough to make a decision um, when you don't know what decision you're making. Um, and also I think everyone's in a, a space where we all just want all that to be sort of taken care of so people can talk about the cricket. Um, you know, I think that's what we all want to talk about as sports people, as sports fans. Um, you know, the T20 World Cup, the Ashes are, are massive events um, and we don't want it to, and it kind of has to be in this day and age, yeah. but we don't want it too clouded by the circumstances around them and, and sort of more focus on, on the cricket. For you, just for you though on a personal level is the decision more for you on what the quarantine situation is going to be or is it whether family are allowed to come out with you or is it both really? Yeah, there's loads of factors I think in any decision you make you, you want as much information as possible don't you so once we can get all that um, then I can sort of make a, a decision I guess. On a more positive note come on Joss a few weeks time World Cup starts are England going to be double world champions that sounds pretty cool doesn't it? Yeah, it does, absolutely. So um, that's the aim. Um, I think we go there as a side full of confidence. I think um, you know, four years ago, you know, the sort of start of our cycle in that T20 team when we managed to get to the final, I think if you look down that list now, um, guys with a, a lot of experience, um, played in a lot of franchise tournaments, whether it's IPL, Big Bash, um, you bring that, all that information and experience together um, for the team that's going to the World Cup now, I think we're in a great spot. Um, just one question on the Pakistan tour. Um, postponed due to looking after the mental well-being of the, the England players and sort of mental well-being has been spoken about a lot Joss over the past couple of months with everything do you think if there is any positives to come from the last couple of months or anything positive moving forward it's the with so much cricket happening some players pulling out tours some tours being cancelled that the schedule moving forward might be looked at and there can be a little bit less cricket and sort of players mental fatigue and mental well-being looked after or taken into consideration a little bit more is that the hope that you guys want moving forward 
Um, I think so. I think um, hopefully the schedule can be as good as it can be for for everyone. Um, I think as players, um, COVID's made it different. Um, you know, you add tours are longer due to quarantine periods and it's in different conditions than you're used to so I think that all highlights uh, everything in a different light um, and I think you know you want people to to look after you and I think you want to look after yourself you know mm-hmm. I think um, you know we get caught up in in just you know not forgetting about yourself really and, and making decisions that's right for you and your family and I think you should be brave enough to do that and courageous enough to do that as well so um, but yeah I think Really, it all comes down to COVID, doesn't it? I think we're all hopeful that we're sort of coming towards the back end of it and, and tours will, will get back to more normality and I think that will make everyone feel a lot more comfortable. And finally, the big question of the day, have you got enough petrol? I've been walking to nursery backward and forward, so that, that's not an issue. Um, and as long as the taxi driver's got enough petrol to get me to the airport on Monday to get to the World Cup, I'll be all right. Um, but I've seen some horrendous queues, mm. so um, yeah, if you've got any going spare, I'll take yeah. it. No, I don't. Do you drive? I do drive, yeah. What car do you drive? Um, a nice one. that was joss butler speaking with booking.com the official accommodation partner of the icc t20 world cup 2021 so joss flies out to the uae on the 30th of september the day after that first of october well the new mcc president claire connor uh, starts her first day in her new job Uh, she was a guest with talk sports hawksby and jacobs We turn then to cricket and uh, the MCC have their first female president in 233 years. Amazing. That's in the whole history. It wasn't like there was one at the start. Has anyone told fingers? And it's been, well, <laughs> was there chuntering in the pavilion? Let, let's find out because um, the new president of the MCC is the former uh, England skipper and all-rounder, Claire Connor. Hi, Claire. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. Yes, we we know if we know a few of the old members there in the pavilion. I just wondered, did you have you had any pushback, or has everybody been very welcoming? Oh, everyone's been really welcoming so far. Um, so long may that continue. It's uh, obviously it was announced um, some time ago now because uh, it was announced during the AGM uh, in July last year. So hopefully. Um, uh, everyone's had their had had an opportunity to get used to it, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, it's an amazing club um, with you know so much kind of positive potential for the game, and uh, to be to be asked to follow Kumar Sangakkara, who was the club's first international president, is uh, is an amazing honour. It's a really prestigious role, but I think there'd be a lot of the listeners out there not quite knowing what it entails. So, I mean, if you could give us a kind of uh, an idea of, of what the role is. Yeah, so it's um, it's it's an unpaid role. It's a, a role that is um, involved in the in the leadership of 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 the club um, in terms of having a seat on the MCC's main committee. Uh, so I will be involved in some of the kind of more leadership or strategic um, decisions and conversations about the club and its in its future and future direction. Uh, I also, by virtue of being um, the president, I'm invited to all other kind of committee meetings. So particularly, um, I'll have a particular focus almost certainly on the actual cricket subcommittee, which is um, chaired by my former England teammate, Claire Taylor. Um, and the other, you know, it's a, it's a spokesperson role and a, a kind of a role, an ambassadorial role too, in terms of hosting lots of dinners, speaking at events, COVID permitting, doing some overseas travel, um, with with you know whether that's to international international tours 
um, or to some of the projects, for example, that the MCC supports around the world. So it's quite a diverse role. Um, and I think it'll probably be one of those roles that until I'm actually in it and understanding the kind of the flow and the cadence of everything, uh, you know, it'll, I think a lot of it will become much clearer even to me once I'm, you know, in full swing. You must be pleased, Claire, with the rise of women's cricket. It's had a wonderful summer. The 100 was a massive success for women's cricket. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm delighted. You know, my obviously my day job, aside from the MCC president role, is is to be managing director of women's cricket at the ECB. And, I, you know, I hope both of those roles will dovetail really nicely in, ter in terms of the future progression of women's cricket. We, we've had a wonderful summer. Um, you know, I'm sitting here now overlooking the ground and thinking back to... 17,000 people on their feet for the finals day for the 100 uh, with the women's game before played before the men. Um, you know, that's kind of catapulted the women's game, I think, to a new audience, a more diverse audience. And, and it was amazing to see Lords be part of that as the home of London spirit, men and women. Um, and then we've just finished a really exciting series against New Zealand. So it's been a, a brilliant summer, but even more exciting is the bumper year ahead in 2022. So we've got uh, women's Ashes in Australia. We've got the defence of our World Cup um, title in New Zealand in March. And then an international programme in the summer here that includes our, um, our first ever um, foray into the Commonwealth Games uh, being held in Birmingham. So women's cricket being in the Commonwealth Games mm. for the first time. So that's another first for women's cricket. And to be able to, you know, to be MCC president during the year where there'll be such a spotlight on women's cricket um, is something I'm hugely looking forward to. Um, would you like to see more women involved? Uh, and your appointment be a bit more of a catalyst for more women involved at senior level in cricket? I was reading a piece in The Guardian a, a couple of months back and they were making the point under the old WCA days, Women's Cricket Association days, really the game was, was run by women. Um, and that's not necessarily been the case since. That's right. Um, and, and I absolutely, yes, I absolutely do. I do want to see that. I think, um, you know, all sports... Um, you know, their governance, their represent, you know, they need to be representative of, of the communities that they're trying to serve and, um, and provide for. So, you know, whether that's women on boards, around the board table, whether it's female coaches at an elite and a grassroots level, you know, we're making, we're making considerable progress in lots of those areas, but there is still a gap. Um, and I hope that, you know, seeing women playing on television more frequently, seeing female coaches, seeing the MCC uh, having, having a female president, hopefully those, are, those are, are kind of demonstrations of the journey that cricket's on. Um, and of course we need to accelerate that change. Um, it's, not, it's not good enough to be where we are. And I'm very committed to that. You know, that's, that's, what, I, that's what drives me in, my, in, in all of my work. Uh, whether it's B or MCC or, or the work I do with the ICC as well. So it's hugely important. We've got to be, you know, we, we are a game. I, I would say this, wouldn't I? Because I'm in, I'm in love with the game, but we're a, we, be, we must be a game for everyone. So there is more work to be done and, yeah, co continuously kind of motivated to, to try and play my part in that. You've just outlined all the events coming up and it's very, very exciting, but the scheduling of world cricket, men especially but also i'd imagine in the women's game too is a problem isn't there it's just there is just too much cricket if we're being really honest and i love cricket as much as anybody but <laughs> you know you you'd sometimes do wonder how the players can cope with all this 
Yes, look, I think it's a it's a really good question, and it's a you know it's a complex issue. I think you know the, you make the point about it's probably more of a problem in the international men's game, probably and the domestic men's game, and 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 it's probably a, a, a something that the women's game is now finding itself kind of on the on the precipice of of some scheduling um, challenges. We probably haven't had that in the past, just due to volume. But now with domestic leagues, the Women's Big Bash, the 100, a possible women's IPL, Commonwealth Games, global events, Ashes, you know, it is a huge amount to, to, try, to, to, to try to fit in. Um, and, and to be frank, it's the kind of the perennial challenge of all cricket administrators uh, yeah. and the answers aren't easy. What, what I hope we can do in the women's game is to a degree, learn from some of the, the challenges that the men's game has encountered and make sure that we don't, um, don't go into a place where volume is, is too, too difficult for players and staff. You know, it's not just the players, it's the support staff as well who travel. I think the one thing that stands with the women's game in good stead there is that, is a, is that we don't have multi-day domestic cricket. Uh, like the game I'm watching right now um, here at Lords, we don't have the challenge of scheduling in domestic four-day cricket in the women's game, and we obviously have a very small number of Test matches on the international stage. So we're we're probably in a slightly less squeezed um, position from a scheduling point of view. So thanks to Joss Butler, Claire Connor, Sam Elod. And uh, the H&J team. The following on podcast will be back on Friday with a special My Sporting Life show involving the great Michael Holding. And uh, then the Cricket Collective is on Tuesday with Neil Manthorpe and Steve Harmison. Don't forget IPL updates throughout the afternoon on TalkSport 2 every weekday. But for now, thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 